Blog Talk Radio. Combine. 
how these guys have stood out in week four of the National Football League. Now, in week three, which is really, really, really cool, was that linebacker, Tay Crowler. Tay Crowler for the New York Giants. In week three, he had a career, single-game career high of 11 tackles. You know, they still fell short in that game. But going into week four, knowing that Blake Hernandez, their star middle linebacker, uh, was not going to be able to play. He's going to end it. And so Tay Crowler got the start. You know, he started games before, but to be able to start in the game where the Giants needed a win, I mean, a huge win, to get into the win column, to show some confidence that this team is a different team and they moving into the right direction. They knew that they needed a big game for him, and he was ready for the challenge. And this, you know, great game that he went up against the New Orleans Saints, the way how the Giants had seen back to win this game was, was incredible. And he led the way for his team in tackles with nine, which was a really, really big sign of showing his progression, how he's actually growing in the system, and most importantly becoming a solid, solid NFL player. And going into overtime was one of the things where he had made a big stop in that um, in that time frame of the game. So big kudos to Tate Crowler for what he was able to do to help lead the Giants to that first victory. You know, we know that Daniel Jones had a good game. We know Stephon Barley had a solid game. But on the defense side of the ball, he definitely had definitely had a big impact. So Tate Crowder for the New York Giants, middle linebacker, great job, young man, great job. Now, we're going to stay in New York. New York, you know, almost like a New York state of mind, so to speak, of how both teams, both New York teams did not have a win entering week four. But I always say to myself, if they just let these regional combat players out there do their thing, things will start to change. Now, this was a big game for New York uh, Jets especially with Corey Davis, knowing that he was going against his old team with the Tennessee Titans. And so this game was back and forth, back and forth to the Giants, I mean to the Jets. Finally, looked like they were going to take control of the game, how they had the lead for more than half the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden that's when you're starting to see how the, uh, the Titans is coming back. Well, during that process, going late in the second half, my man Keelan Cole, who was with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the past uh, four years, was now a New York Jet. He had caught a bomb of a 54-yard, um, 50-yard um, pass play in this game. In the third quarter, with two minutes left, the Jets was facing third and six from their own 32-yard line. Um, Jets rookie quarterback Zach Wilson received the ball for snap, and after scrambling from pressure, he launched the ball deep to Cole down the right side of the field, and that's when Cole had that 54-yard reception that actually put the, the uh, saves the time for the Jets and then put the Jets in business where they was able to, you know, still score touchdowns. But just like the Giants game, the Jets needed extra time to put this game away. And this is what they was able to do. They was able to pull out that win, but in that game, in that in that extra 10 minutes, Kenan Cole had two big passes that he had caught in that game. He had one that was the biggest pass was a 29-yard catch that he had uh, for the Jets that put them in field goal range when they faced third and second from their 44-yard line, which put them in field goal possession, I mean, uh, position where they was able to ultimately kick the go-ahead game, game-winning field goal to win that game. And so that was what the Giants, that's what the Giants was able to do, the Jets was able to do, 
They get that first win of the season. And the best part about it, Rizzo Combine stand out, had their hands on in helping that victory. So that was definitely was a fantastic, fantastic outing for the platform in week four. Now, Tennessee Chiefs, we know the Chiefs have been struggling on that defense side of the ball. But then we know that they played the win on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And, yes, we know they won that game. But that's part about their game. NFL reason combine lister, and the reason why I say lister, because Mike Dana was on the list to attend the workouts, but as you know, in 2020, the COVID-19, the workouts was canceled, but his name was still on the list, and teams look at that list, you know, to find talent, and the Kansas City Chiefs wind up drafting him in the fifth round. So they have a lot, a lot of state in this young man, and last year he played primarily a linebacker, but what the Chiefs recognize is that he actually have a lot of speed. He's very athletic. So coming to this season, they actually moving him around. They actually put him on the edge a lot more this season. And we were looking to see it pay dividends. Fortunately, it has because in week four was pretty much his best game at getting getting to the quarterback. That was the thing that stood out for the Chiefs in his rookie season. For him coming from the back end, from the line back of position, and how he was still able to put pressure on quarterbacks really show how how um, his high football IQ, his intellect, how he can get pressure to get to the quarterback really stood out. And so that's why you had the Chiefs having him a little bit more on the edge this year and it's starting to pay off because in this matchup here, he had three tackles, but out of those three tackles, two of them were sacked. So he was able to get to Jalen Hurt in this game twice and then also, and also there were plays that does not show up in the stats Cause was him redirecting um, Hurt to throw the ball a certain place or to move a certain place. Although Hurt still had a good game, but to know that um, Mike Dana still had an impact in that game. Another regional combine player showing out, showing off in the National Football League. You listen to Locker Talk on the Best News Radio Network. We hear about NFL stars tomorrow. Today I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. Now for the rundown. For the rundown in week three, we know that Nick Westbrook Elie had his first NFL touchdown. And so coming to this game against the Jets, confidence is high, was targeted three times, and he caught three passes for 29 yards. Brandon Zilstra, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, having a a good season. As we know, Carolina Panthers, they have next up a good season as well. In this matchup, Brandon has shown that he can catch Big balls, big plays down the field as he had caught two passes for 63 tough yards. I mean, so the yards he had to gain after the catch in this game was definitely significant. They did fall short, but yet at the same time, he still had a thing, uh, had a tough game. And his teammate, linebacker, um, Sam Franklin, one of the listeners for the NFL Regional Combine, he had three stops in this game. Adam Finley. Had a tough game with this guy's going against the Cleveland Brown. Still, he nabbed three passes out of the air for 46 yards. And for the, the Miami Dolphins, quarterback Nick Needham had six tackles against the Indianapolis Colts, which was a great, great showing for what Nick Needham um, has done in this game and also what he is doing this season. Quietly, when you're in a team where you are considered the third best corner, and the two guys ahead of you are perennial pro bowlers. There can be a lot of pressure on the player, especially 
an undrafted player, a whole lot of pressure on that uh, player to be able to show that they can actually play on the highest level of football and still be able to not only just play but to compete and then at the same time to do it at a level where you have Pro Bowl corners on the squad. And so for Nick Nienaham to really show for the past two years, knowing that he's there with a coach that actually believe him. Uh, I believe the previous coach that was um, there, name escapes me right now, I know it was Adam Gates, but the previous coach really didn't believe in Nick Nienaham because he really didn't have him out there as much. But since Brian, Brian Flores has been out, I've been there, who is a defensive-minded coach, recognizing Nick Nienaham's value, he's saying Nick being out there, taking on sometimes the, the team's two wide receiver, third wide receiver, he's doing an excellent, excellent job this year for the Miami Dolphins. And for the Washington football team, linebacker, Cole Holcomb. I was going to wait to say his name. Uh, the, the Washington football team defense has not lived up to what we were expecting so far, still early in the season, you know, still haven't seen. We were hoping that they would come out the gate the way how they left off last season despite losing to uh, the, eventual, the eventual Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone was high on the Washington football team, primarily for their defense. Coming to the season, you know, we knew that Pat, um, you know, if Fitzpatrick was going to be there to start um, start the season off for the quarterback. But I always believe that Taylor Heineke was the guy that the Washington football team should have moved forward with. But they brought him right Fitzpatrick, they brought the veteran. Unfortunately, he got injured in week one. And next thing you know, we got Heineke on the field where he belonged for the Washington football team. And I'm not surprised to see how well this young man is playing. He has a lot of heart. So the, now the offense is playing better than what everyone expected. And the defense is playing down par with what everybody at least expected. So the Washington football team have it back. So we needed someone to step up. Entering Cole Holcomb, linebacker for the Washington football team, as he led the team in nine tackles. And if you watch that game, that was a breathtaking comeback win over the Atlanta Falcons. So, great comeback win for the Washington football team. Cole Holcomb stepping up, bringing down nine tackles in that game, making big shots they need. So, that was a fantastic job on Holcomb's part. Now, we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back, talk about the players to watch out for the offense side of the ball for the 2022 season. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, it's some of the players' names are really great. So I was able to find these players. It was a real hunt, but I'll definitely get into some of the things I had to do to try to, you know, find the players who I was talking about a year ago, making sure that I don't say someone else's name that actually no longer in the school. You're listening to Lock and Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Now, folks, you know, every Friday, this is what we have lined up on on a Bachelor News Radio Network Pro as we have our featured artists, a featured album artist on Friday, 5 o'clock to 5.30. This week, we have a new head from the last couple of, years, uh, last couple of weeks. We had some old school people that was bringing the music back in the day, transcendent music. Now, this person we're going to feature this way this um, today is her. Make sure you listen to her. When she first came out, she didn't want to show her face. I don't know why she didn't want to show her face. She's a beautiful young lady, but she's doing her part in the music industry, thank goodness, because there's not too many good songs or good artists out there, but she is one of the very few good ones that's out there. 
She's one. So she was still person. She's a person that when she come on the radio, I won't say the station. The young girl have a lot of potential. Make sure you listen to this young lady. Self-taught. I'm a, I'm a musician. Really, really like her a lot. So make sure you guys stay locked in on the Bachelor News um, Network. Pro, and make sure you check it out. Feature featured artists at five to five thirty today. And then also, don't forget the Whispering Softly. Make sure you guys listen to those nice slow jams on Sunday from eight to twelve. You know, anything that happens, listen to that um, way of music during that particular time. All right. So make sure you guys like stay locked in and make sure stay locked in nine thirty for Miss Yoni Knox if she give a dose of dime um, show. So make sure you guys stay locked in on the Bachelor News Radio Network Pro. Now, welcome back to Lock and Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I am your proud host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And follow me on all my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore report on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small caps, Facebook, LockerReport.com, and also check out Locker Talk Podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys subscribe to Locker Talk Podcast on YouTube. Go there today. This is what I'm telling you. The channel is growing. Make sure you guys stay on top of what's going on in the NFL behind the scenes. Now, here we go. This is the part of the year right before um, when we actually start to evaluate players in person, seeing what they can do. But before we can get the guys on the field, we have to find out who they are. And during this whole situation coming to this year, trying to evaluate, trying to figure out right, the players who was, um, who was looked at through my staff here at lockerdashport.com, who were the players from going to 2021 season, who to watch out for. Pandemic happened. Uh, there was no workouts. We understand all that stuff there. Things changed. So what happened was NCAA granted players another year of eligibility. And so when that happened, you had some players that still wanted to pursue the NFL, but majority of them still stayed in school. No problem. The other part was that we had a lot of players that stayed in school, but a lot of players transferred to other schools. So, so I want look, so we look like a clown coming and talking about you guys. I'm talking about these players on the show, on the air, and also writing. I had to really find out and dig and dig and dig to find out where these players were at. Most of them were still in, some of them not, but most of them were still in school. But a good portion did transfer to another program, which is great. So, with all that being said, finally got to the, the nuts and bolts. Finally have everyone from the positions from the small schools, from the HBCU schools, and now we're going to dive into it every week, ending up until I am completely done. But <laughs> but you also check it out on YouTube where I had the video on highlights, and that way you can see for yourself why these guys is on what I call my outlet, my outlist. And we go to locker.com, you see my outlist, and outlet stands for overlooked, I mean, un- 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 overlooked unknown talent. So that's what the out stand for. So now, no further ado, here we go. Now, we're going to get right into it. I'm, I'm, I'm tell you, I'm just, like, really, really beside myself with these guys. And one of the things that I would say that's interesting with the offensive players, that <clears throat> for the most part, for the most part, these guys are pretty skilled in, in multiple areas, I mean, mu- multiple areas, which is almost rare to see where normally from small school players, they normally have a niche in just one thing. But what stands out a lot with this year's grouping is that you have some small school talents that 
actually excel in different different areas in that skill set. So today we're gonna to focus on the ball carriers. We're gonna focus on the ball carriers. You know, the guys love to carry the ball, want to be the man behind the ball. So we're gonna talk about some ball carriers today. First guy, Julius Chestnut from from Sacred Heart, running back. Julius Chestnut from Sacred Heart. This young man, listen, six one. 215 pounds. Sum up his skill set in one word, he is gifted. He's graceful, very balanced, light on his feet. He has the breakaway speed that you need. He's a solid plant and go. His tremendous stop, start, and go. When he stops and he accelerates, he does not lose his speed. He actually picks right back up where his speed was calculated at before he had made a stop. That is tremendous. Tremendous skill set to see hit into the NFL season. He also know how to execute all the route trees. You know, he know how to run the routes pretty good from the backfield. He has soft hands. For a running back, he can catch the deep ball. He can be physical. Now, that's very interesting. He can be a physical player if he wants to, but he prefers to make defenders miss. Only time you see him take a hit or give a hit is when there's a situation where he had no choice. But for the most part, he's going to try to make you miss. Also, as a as running back, he's a good blocker, has solid awareness, solid vision, very patient, runs with power. For his size, he's very slippery, and in traffic, he does very well in traffic. So, Mr. Julius Chestnut of Sacred Heart, keep your eyes on this guy. Um, don't be surprised. I will not be surprised to see if this young man is drafted. Drafted. Just like this one other player I'm about to mention, and Jacquez Izzard. Now, Jacquez Izzard was one of those players that transferred. He actually was at Howard University. He definitely was on my list for the ACCU players, without no doubt. But then see him there. I knew he was around on NFL roster. Then my research found out that he actually transferred to Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State is where he is making all kinds of stuff happen. And I believe that more scouts are starting to look at him a little bit more, but if they're not, I'm going to have to refresh their minds and say, hey, listen, watch out for this young man. Now, he stands at 5'9", 195 pounds. Now, in one word, this young man is dangerous. I believe agile, solid route runner, we know that part, runs uh, really good in traffic, great vision, great awareness. He's effective in space, but this is the key. This is the part that's going to separate him from the other players that we're going to talk about, is that on special teams, he can be, he's an ace on special teams. He can be a legitimate anchor and help out a team through his, through his special teams as a return guy. I know he got to work his way up to prove that he can be that guy, but if he's back there catching punch and field goals, I swear to goodness, this young man can actually pull it off. He is that good, that good. So watch out. Jacquez is it from Sam Houston State. Another player to watch out for, Mr. Kevin Brown. For my iconic word, 5'9", 205 pounds. You know, these running backs, you know, these guys are not light. You know, these guys kind of put some beef on themselves. And that's something you don't necessarily see from the small school. But Mr. But, um, Mr. Kevin Brown, for my iconic word, sounds good, sounds good. Now, he's a patient runner. Now, the thing I like about with him is that he's the type of running back old school wise. He's going to beat you up. He's going to beat you up. He always want to, you know, he likes putting the pressure in the middle. 
and he'll keep pounding and keep pounding. And then the moment when the defense is getting worn out, that's when you'll see him explode, and he can take the ball to the house. So clearly, he's very patient, very calculated. When you look at him, he don't look fast, but I call him sneaky quick, sneaky. You know, you'll look at him, don't think he's fast, but he really is. Solid hands at the backfield. He, too, can run the route tree pretty good from out the backfield. Solid pad level. Protects the ball very well. Avoids and protects himself from taking a big shot. Solid after the contact. He'll get you those tough yards. Like I said, running in the middle, one of the gut, he'll get you those, those, um, those um, tough yards. Another way down a defense. In the screen game, in the screen game, pretty good. Very balanced. Always, always in control. Now, Another person to talk about now, I did not want to say his name because I know I'm going to butcher it, <laughs> but I, did, I do have him featured on Lock and Talk podcast on um, YouTube, and his name is Percy Alagoway Abadis. Yep, don't ask me to say it again because I, I said it right the first time. I'm not going to say it again, so I'm going to say Percy. <laughs> Running back for James Madison. Six foot, 205 pounds. This young man has an excellent, excellent plant and go. Good pad level. Solid between the tackles. Very, very strong. Hard to bring down. In his movement, he has no hesitation in his movement. When he ready to when he runs and when he hit it, he hitting the hole. He's not gonna hesitate, he's coming. Very balanced, always in control, calculated, and he follows his blocks very, very well. Which is really, really good. So that is something that Solid and solid, solid to watch out for. Now, Michael Roots for Colorado Pablo. Now, he was another player that had transferred from one school to another, and now he's at Colorado Colorado, and he's 5'10", 200 pounds. This young man is a complete athlete, completely athletic, great hands and feet, dangerous in the screen game, has good balance, good control, very strong, tremendous upper body strength, tough and sensitive, has, has really good acceleration, burst, physical, good in traffic, protects the ball very well, and his vision, solid, solid vision, and on where he's at on the field and where to go. So definitely watch out for Mr. Michael Root. Alex Ramsey from Citadel, who transferred from VMI, six foot, 225 pounds. This young man, I would say, knowing he transferred from a military school, it really says a lot because he's very, very disciplined, very disciplined, very patient runner, has good acceleration. Always, I mean, the best thing about it, he has good acceleration between the tackles. Another young man, old school mentality, look to pound the ball in the middle, protect the ball very good, protect himself. Good vision, runs very, very hard. Catch the ball well out the backfield. Elite in the goal line situation. Great in space, great awareness and vision. Aggressive when needed. Aggressive when needed. He's not going to always be aggressive. Only when he's needed, he'll be aggressive. He is what I call a pure, pure ball carrier to watch out for. Now, I still have somebody running back to talk about, and I didn't even get to pretty much one of my most exciting guys. So we're going to definitely talk about the rest of the offensive players, you know, um, the running back next week, and then we're going to get right into the wide receivers. And then we're going to get to the quarterbacks. Not a lot of quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Really hard to really evaluate offensive linemen because they don't have a lot of footage or tape 
on them for reaching out to schools and things like that. Trying to get acclimated with um, the offensive line is a little tough. You know, but don't worry, I do have some players to watch out for. Thank you guys for tuning in, tuning in to Lucky Talk Podcast, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today, here on the Bastion News Radio Network. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashboard.com. You guys can also follow me on Twitter, I mean on Instagram, LockerPort100, all smart caps, on Facebook, LockerPort.com, and Locker Talk Podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys go and subscribe today, right now, on YouTube, at Locker Talk Podcast. And also, make sure you guys check me out on the Bachelor News Radio Network, .airtime.pro, where you can check out the listings of this show. Everyone stay blessed, but they stay locked in. If y'all ain't not, she's coming. She is coming. She got a dose of dime shows ready to come. So whatever you do, don't move. Get your cup of, uh, get your cup of coffee right quick. You only got like 10 seconds. Everybody stay blessed. Talk to you soon. If y'all ain't not, you're ready to come in. Light it up. Everybody take it easy, now. Or concern, they always hit me up and tell me what you guys say. So if you have a question or you want to make a comment, 
please hit me up. I will read it on the air, and we will definitely talk about it. If you ever want to hear any of my my, my rebroadcasts, you can go to the bestofnews.airtime.pro. Um, it is a space where you can actually see a lot of the different radio um, DJs that are on, not just me, but there's uh, Lakeisha Lewis-Fix. She's an awesome one. She has an Emerging E show at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays, but you can catch any of her rebroadcasts. She's uh, more of the traditional um, social working piece. I don't think she's a social worker. I am. But she's more of the traditional counseling piece, and I'm more of the relationship. I want to get in and make sure you guys are having good relationships and vibing and feeling well with your significant other or vibing and feeling well with yourself. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So, again, if you want to check my page out, it's com, And I have podcasts. I have blogs. I have um, um, definitely merchandise. If you guys want to check that out, it's kind of cute. So check that out, too. Uh, and also, you can find me on all my forms of social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. I'm also on, um, uh, what's the other one? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest, too. So definitely check that out if you're a Pinterest person. And, you know, add some stuff to it if you want to. Um, I love getting all the feedback. So let's talk about last week. Last week, we tried to, <laughs> we tried to end why it is that people stay. So I'm going to try and wrap that up real quick. We're going to bottom line it real quick. Why do people stay in toxic relationships? Why is it that it's so hard for people to actually leave toxic relationships or bad relationships? Because, you know, a lot of people don't like to spray toxic, and I get it. But why do we stay? So one is it's a fallacy. The fallacy is that love sometimes hurts. It should not hurt. Love is work. Being true to yourself, being honest, being receptive, being mature, that's work. But is it, should, should it hurt? Nah, it should never hurt. It's work, and you're required to put in some work. But other than that, no, it should never hurt. Love is actually, to me, an action verb. It is what you do for other persons. Like, story time, my mom um, died of breast cancer. But let me tell you, her last year and a half on this earth, my father went above and beyond for anything that she needed, anything that she needed. She couldn't get out of bed. He made a beautiful couch for her. She wanted to watch stories. He bought a brand-new TV for her. Uh, there was, I mean, at one point she couldn't go to the bathroom by herself. She wanted to be home, so he was the one doing that. And I was a kid and watching this, and so, unfortunately, this is what makes it so hard for the guys who want to love me. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, so the, I, I have witnessed what real love can do because love is an action. It is the action of choosing to do for someone when you could just do for yourself. That is love, okay? This whole falling out of love, it is choosing to do something else outside of what it is that you have vowed to do. I don't really believe in falling out of love. And one of the reasons why liking your partner is important because you do want to like them because when you want to do what it is that you said you want to do, you just look at, oh, well, I really like this person. This is a person that I vibe with, and you can then perform those love acts. So just a, just a thing. And, then, I mean, even for me, like when I was married, my husband had a, um, at one point my husband was working at like 4 o'clock in the morning. So <clears throat> every morning at 3 o'clock I would get up and I would cook him breakfast so that he can go to work. And that was an action of love because, I mean, who wants to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and cook for someone else? I wasn't in so 
love is an action verb, but it's something that you do. It is definitely absolutely not something that you fall into and out of. I think that there is emotion that you feel for people when you want to be closer to them, but I don't necessarily know that it is a a little cup of tea that you fall in and out of. It's not. It's something that you do for other people. So the other one was the old concept that we've kind of been handed, like um, it's cheaper to keep her. I heard that one on uh, the radio show that I did the other day, or happy wife, happy life, indicating that it's just easier to stay, and and it's not easier to stay, or a bad relationship is better than none. That's definitely a fallacy. Listen, a bad relationship is not better than none. The one that I've heard that I have lived my life by is you can be bad by yourself. That's the one that I've definitely heard. And, And I need you guys to understand that. Being single does not make you bad. It's not the equivalent. Being single does not make you unwanted. That doesn't, I mean, come on. I mean, let's be realistic. Have you ever talked to any of your single friends? I mean, now I, I'll be honest, a lot of times my my uh, <laughs> messenger is dry, but I think because, uh, well, it's just dry. But, yeah, you're not unwanted. There are a lot of people that want you, but you should have standards. And, of course, if people do not meet your standards, it's better to be alone. Standards are important, too. So definitely don't feel like um, you have to stay because you they're not in, you know, because you have to have a relationship. That's not it. A lot of people were saying that um, people stay because uh, – there's a lack of support from the church, from your family, and, and people, it's harder to get out there once you're in. Um, and that's definitely a, a truth. But nowadays, it's easier to get out. Do I always say when you're getting ready to leave someone or you're getting ready to walk away from a situation, get yourself a friend group, two or three people at the most. One person is good. Two people, awesome. Three people, you're pushing it, but that love you, genuinely love you and are wanting to support you to get out. Once you have those two, three friends, it is easier for you to move forward in ending a relationship. That sounds bad, but it is the honest truth, okay? So a a couple of, and I have posted this post by Miles Monroe, and it talked about that marriage does not require love, and a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean by that? It does not require love. To make a marriage work, it requires understanding and commitment, and I go back to, if you think about what it is that we that I said that love is an action verb, that is part of it. So that whole romanticized sense of what what Hollywood has you thinking, the whole um, <laughs> um, what did we grow up with, a boomerang type of love where he fell in and out of love, that's not real love. Real love is waking up in the middle of the night to take care of your sick wife. That's real love. Um, not even responding to the fine-ass guy that's in your inbox. Um, that's real love when you are dedicated to that one person. That's real love, an action. Okay, so that's me. And and when we say that marriage does not require love, please understand love is a bonus. So if you love your mate, that is absolutely a bonus. I dig it. So, okay, with that being said, let's move on. The fact that a lot of people do not want to start over from a relationship, like they don't want to start over. And we and I talked about this again on um, the Mika in the Morning show, um, that 
if people get to a point where they are comfortable with their mate, people get to a point where their mate understands what it is they like and they don't like, which is why sometimes when it's a thick relationship, they also know when to when and how to push your button. So if you have somebody that likes to push your button, that's probably a toxic relationship. Okay. So with that being said, being in a comfortable state because you know they know how to make you okay, that you know they know how to make you feel good. So getting out of that, there's a fear that you won't find that again. And unfortunately, I always go back to the um, the idea that when you leave a relationship, if that person is not your soulmate, it puts you that much closer to the person that's supposed to be your soulmate. Do I believe that everyone has somebody? I do. Do I also believe that there's some work that is required of you? I do. So, yes. Your person is out there. Even at 49.99 plus shipping and handling, knocking on 50's door, and you have not found your soulmate yet, it does not mean that there is no one for you. If that is what you choose to do, if you want to be in a relationship, keep working on you. You will vibrate the right person too. So moving on. So when I say that, a lot of people feel like, you know, starting over is a problem. Being single does not make you unwanted. It does not make you unlovable. And let me... Let me make sure that this is clear, and I say this, and, and, and we put the mic down after this, is it does not make you lesser or worth less or lower in status than a person that's married. I fell into that fallacy. Um, I was out part of hanging out with um, my cousins, and they were not married at the time. I was married. And um, a guy said to me, you know, you're – you're you're not quite on the status level of them. I said, what are you saying? He said, your your status level is higher because I know you're married. It's like the way that you act is different. And I thought about that, and I was like, I, I guess I understand, but I don't feel like a single person has a lesser status than a married person ever. Um, I feel like we all have something to contribute to our community. And I don't feel like a mar- person being married or single has anything to do with what it is that you contribute, like, I mean, at all. So, anyway, I opened up the floor uh, on a dose of the dime. Uh, that is the um, actual uh, group that I have. It's a public group on Facebook. If you ever want to come in, you're welcome to come in. Um, almost everybody is approved. The only thing we ask is that you don't. Um, everybody has differences of opinions. We have some days in there. So as long as you respect. Everybody in there, you are welcome to come in and leave your comments. But I opened up a Dose of the Dime um, radio show on Facebook, and I asked, what has being single taught you? And I got some very, very interesting comments. And I wanted to kind of bring some of them to the forefront because I think it's important that we talk about these things, okay? So majority of the comments were about loving themselves and learning themselves, and that I feel like, is worth this weight in gold. Like, and there were some people who were like, well, you know, I didn't learn anything because I was alone and I don't like being lonely. But I think that that's the perfect opportunity to find out who you are. Go do something new. Try something new. Work out something new. Like, for real. Um, you will never know what it is that you really like until you start playing around with it. Play around with it. Do something new. Do something that you've never tried before. Go to a cooking class. I'm always about dance. I craft in my life, and I and 
you know, when I talk to you guys, um, I make that very clear. I have crafted my life in a way that I'm happy. So anything that I do out extra and outside of that is a plus for you. So meaning that if I add them to my life, then I'm filling them some kind of way. So there it is. All right, so I want to take a brief break because I want to get into some of these comments. I want to pause for the cause. Um, on this lovely radio network, the Bachelor News Radio Network, um, there's this thing called um, Feature Album Friday. Now, Feature Album Friday, it's where they take uh, 30 minutes and they break down um, artists. And this year, this week, it's going to be her. I don't know if y'all know about her. Her is like, I love her. Like, she is a majority of my playlist for, like, at work, the mellow, when I'm doing my notes, the absolute mellowness of her. Oh, my God. Like, I can listen to her stuff all day. I can. Just a rotation of her whole um, album stuff. So, uh, again, her is going to be the album, the, the artist on the feature album Friday, and it's 30 minutes of her whole discography. Uh, if you want to catch that, it's on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Or, sorry, the bachelornews.airtime.pro. And that's going to be 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central, because Central's better. Um, but definitely tune in. Check that out. Um, it's going to be a fun time to be her. You can just put that on and do clean house. Man, I love her. She's cool. I like her stuff. Her. I like her stuff. <laughs> so also I wanted to tell you about Whisper Softly. I was going to say that sexy. Hold on. Whisper Softly. I don't know if that was sexy or just kind of rude. But anyway. Uh, Whisper Softly is kind of like uh, the Bachelor News Radio Network's version of Quiet Storm. It's going to be Sunday through Friday at 8 p.m. So you'll catch one last show today, and then we won't pick up again until Sunday. But it's also on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. And, again, Bachelor is spelled B-A-T-C-H-E-L-O-R. So if you want to check that out and just, you know, t- turn it on and kind of vibe through the house, again, 8 p.m., uh, that's Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you check it out, all right? So we have paid the man, and I hope the man is happy. And so we're going to move on. I do want to highlight a couple of the comments that I thought were very interesting and actually pretty worthwhile. Like, for instance, um, Semper Witt wrote, peace is far more important than a peace. That hit home. I got to tell you, when I was going through my divorce, my for those who do not know, my divorce was very uh, rocky. Um, there was domestic violence, there was a lot of uh, mental abuse that went on. And um, the one thing that I prayed for, the one thing that I prayed for every day, I just want peace. I want peace in my house. I need peace. It was just, it was a lot. And so I felt this comment on a whole other level, just wanting to be peaceful and vibe. I, I am all about vibes and being aligned. So another thing that uh, somebody wrote, uh, there was more about personal red flags than, uh, and the non-negotiables. Like, so, okay, so there are personal red flags that for you this ain't going to work, and they're non-negotiables for you. This is what you don't want or you have to have. Um, so Ken Stewart writes, I can't be with someone who can't accept responsibility. That's a good one. That's a big one. Uh, you want somebody to be accountable because if they're not accountable for what's happened in their life, they're not going to be accountable for what they do to you. You want somebody to be accountable, and you also have to be accountable. You know, look, that's a two-way street. Don't play games. But, yeah, 
you also have to be accountable. That is a thing. And, and so I definitely wholeheartedly agree with that one. So Mia Wright wrote, I love Mia. That's one of my favorite humans. She's a poet. If you have not checked her out, please check her out. But Mia Wright wrote that the love I had really been seeking all along was my own. That's deep. If you find self-love in your single journey, you are far, far ahead. Anyone who is lacking that in a married relationship, oh, my goodness. It, it goes back to those people who are in a relationship and they're with their mate and they still feel alone. And I can I can account for that. I absolutely felt like I was still alone, even though I was with my mate. It was that feeling of you're not wanted, you're not loved. Even though you have a mate, that's a whole thing. Listen, okay? So, and this one, um, oh, Michael Patton wrote, he didn't learn anything, and I'm paraphrasing this, of course. He just was preparing himself to be in the next relationship, and that is a good way to look at it. And I think I talked about it before, that most psychologists, most um, therapists recommend that for however many years you've been in a relationship, you take that many months to heal prior to getting into the next relationship, and that one is 100%. You need time to heal. Do not jump from one relationship to the next. I don't care if there was somebody waiting in the wings. Take your time. Because how you how you started is how you're going to end it. So if you started with understanding, with peace, with learning each other, it may last longer. Just putting that out there, okay? So Shira, this, this comment was, was everything. So Shira, a.k.a. Sheetrock. So if you're on my page, check that her comment. She said, Single or in a relationship, they both have hurt their perks, and they can both be stressful. That one is 100% accurate. I've always talked about there is relationships. So there's single drama. We all know this. There are times when you just want to be held. There are times when you want somebody to bounce your ideas off of, and you don't have that, and that's single drama, okay? Or there's for, for women, for women, um, there are times when we just want a man to do the man thing. And I, I, I'm not generalizing because there's someone who don't, but understand for, like, me, I, there are sometimes I want a man to come step in and do the man thing. I don't have that energy. And so there is definitely bad drama. But on the flip side of that, on the relationship side of that, there's drama there too. You have to set your, your feet. Sometimes you have to set your feelings and your wants aside, not needs. Please understand, not needs. But you know, sometimes you have to set your feelings and your wants aside to be more there for the other person, and that's a real thing. That's the relationship drama. Either way, you're sacrificing something. So definitely get, definitely understand that. So that was a real comment. And now, so I wanted to get into this one because this one requires some explanation. Hmm. Miss Samantha Steele said it is harder to heal alone, and she goes on to say that you know you can heal some things, but you can't really heal all of them. I agree. So I do say definitely wait, definitely figure yourself out, definitely, you know, get back to who it is that you are. But then I go back to there are certain things that you cannot heal on your own. What does that mean? Okay, so you can heal, do your affirmations and start loving yourself. But there are two realized are unhealed until you get into a relationship. When you'll have triggers, they're hidden triggers. Something happens and it makes you, 
it, it, it jolts you back, makes you think about your ex, it makes you think about something else that happened. And then you're like, oh, my God, and your mind starts racing, and this is a bad relationship, I don't want to be here. Those are the hidden triggers, hidden triggers that we can't heal until we see them, okay? And that is the one thing you have got to be able to heal those things. And the only way that you're going to see those is, unfortunately, by being in a relationship so that you can even know that they're there. Because what if you don't know that they're there? They'll talk, okay? So, and here's the other thing. Working on your coping skills. Yeah, that's the real thing. First of all, you're supposed to be working on your coping skills. That's part of your skills, okay? What does that mean? All right, so when you get into a situation where somebody's in your face, do you walk away or do you engage? Finding the strength to walk away. Because not everything is worth engaging. It's not worth your health. It's not worth the stress. It's not worth the cortisol. It's not worth the high blood pressure. Walk away. Get your coping skills in alignment. So now for relationships, though, because we hope that you're not there. We, every every person comes with some kind of trauma. I need you to understand that. Everybody that you talk to, touch, see on a daily basis comes with some kind of trauma. Now, whether it's your level of trauma, that's not necessarily the case. There are some people who came from two-parent homes that have a ton of trauma based on um, the way their parents treated each other. Or there might be somebody in a single-parent home who is so well-adjusted but had trauma of friends not liking them. I mean, they're everybody that you have met has some kind of trauma. So with that being said, how do you work on your coping skills? So everybody comes with a level of anxiety or depression. Some level somewhere is the whole spectrum, and it depends on how adjusted they are and how good their coping skills are is where they are on that spectrum, okay? So with that being said, these are yellow flags, by the way, not red. All right. Um <clears throat> Resisting the urge to blow up somebody's phone. They didn't answer you. You didn't get your answer, so you want to blow up their phone. You want to call them, find where they are. That is a anxiety thing, and how do you cope with that? That's where you need to figure out where your coping skills are. Uh, resisting the urge to ignore somebody because they came to be passive aggressive and ignore them uh, or uh, blow them off or be nasty. That's where your coping skills. If somebody's been nasty, you need to communicate to them. If somebody's been ugly and you don't like what they did, you need to communicate with them. Resisting the urge to ignore them and be passive aggressive, that's that's where your coping skills. Then another thing is uh, resisting the urge to uh, shut down. When somebody's yelling at you, you don't do anything. You allow them to call you this, that, and the other. Where are your coping skills to that? It is definitely a thing that I need everybody to work on before they go into the next relationship because it's important. I need you to be able to get up and walk away. Defend yourself as little as possible. Get up, get out. That's the reality. Okay. So I was uh, on a show on Wednesday. It was called Mika in the Morning. I was a guest um, talking about, again, toxic relationships and why we stay because it's a whole thing. And um, Daryl Exum asked about how do you tell when somebody can be mentally abusive? How do you know? So how do we distinguish the yellow flags? Because anxiety, depression, the things that we um, are, that we have to work on and have to work on them in a relationship, how do we distinguish those from red flags that mean that this relationship is not going to go anywhere, it's going to go down? It's really easy. It's not really easy. That's, that's not true. I'm taking that back right now. Okay? So 
first I would say anything that comes off violent, uncomfortable, or unsettling when you're dealing with a person, that's a red flag. What do I mean by that? If they're, you're in a restaurant and the waiter comes over and you're, you're ordering or whatever and they're rude or excessively ugly to anyone in the working class, that's a red flag. Whatever they do outside the home, they're going to do eventually in the home. What happens when they get comfortable enough with you? Because once you get comfortable, <laughs> it's all, all, all bets are off. So I, a lot of parents will come to me and be like, my kid, if they, they're so well-behaved at, at the school, but when they come home, they're a terror. That's because you are the person that they love the most. You're the person that they trust the most. When you get to a space where you are trusted and loved, the person takes off all of their armor and they are who they are. It goes back to that whole overused Maya Angelou uh, quote that when somebody tells you who they are, believe it. That part's real. They're showing you who they are. When they start getting comfortable and they start letting down their guard and they start, you know, being um, rude and ugly to you, it's time to move around because they are showing you exactly who they are. When you see them acting that way with a waiter or something, they're showing you exactly who, who they are, okay? You also want to kind of stay away from somebody who moves too quickly. All of us are kind of, I, I'm, I'm one of them, that kind of get infatuated with the whole ah, first the new love. And you get, they get swept out to you. They want to call you baby. They want to tell you they love you real quickly. And it's kind of like you have to allow for space in order for you to see who the person really is and understand and know whether or not you guys can vibe later on. It's real. You have to. Okay? And you always want to ask, and this is my number one, not another thing. You always want to ask, what lessons did they learn from the past relationship? If they have learned nothing. They bring to you nothing. They're going to recreate their last relationship. And the same thing for you. Did you learn from your last relationship? Not just what you learned when you were single, but what did you learn from your last relationship? All of these things are important. So that's my time. I actually got through most of my content, which is a lovely thing, okay? Um, I want to talk about next week the actual red flags. I mean, like, there's more to be said about this. So I hope that you join me again next week, same time, same place. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And <laughs> I hope you reach out to me. Um, I did this on a different format. I will probably do this on YouTube next time, but we were working on that. But I will get back with you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Happy October. Lovely to my skeleton. But thank you for tuning in right here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Bye. Sometimes we fall in love.